Non-rock a boatus must stop. I don't want to rock the boat. I want to sink it. Are you going to bark all day, little doggy, or are you going to bite? Brett, delusional. Delusional is okay in your worldview. I'm an animal. You don't chastise chickens for being delusional. You don't chastise pigs for being delusional. So you calling me delusional using your worldview is perfectly okay. It doesn't really hurt. <laughs> she hung up on me. Yeah! Yes! What? What? Desperate times call for faithful men and not for careful men. The careful men come later and write the biographies of the faithful men, lauding them for their courage. Go into all the world and make disciples. Not go into the world and make buddies. Not to make brosives. Right. Don't go in the world and make homies. Right. Disciples. Well, I, yeah. got, I got a bit of a jiggle neck. <laughs> <laughs> That's a joke, Pastor. When we have the real message of truth, we cannot let somebody say they're speaking truth when yeah. they're not. I saw in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, there came one like a son of man, and he came up to the Ancient of Days and was presented before him. And to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom, that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom one that shall not be destroyed. That's Daniel 7, 13 through 14, y'all. We're back. This is the Gospel Heard Around the World, Apologia Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We were gone for two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks for our uh, uh, mandatory sabbaticals, and we are back in the seat and ready to go. ApologiaStudios.com is where you can go to get more content. ApologiaStudios.com, please do go check that out. You have tons of stuff there. You have uh, all of our shows from Apologia Studio. We have Sheologians. We have cultish we've got provoked apologia radio hundreds and hundreds of radio shows and podcast episodes for your listening enjoyment and pleasure apologiastudios.com you can also sign up for all access when you sign up for all access you make every single thing that we do here as a ministry possible so again if you're benefiting from the on the street evangelism if you're benefiting from the teaching if you're benefiting from anything at Apologia Studios, it's because people just like you partner with us as a ministry. They partner with us in all access. They get all the additional content, including Ask Me Anything, our monthly time where we get together with all of our all access uh, partners and ministry. And we sit and we talk. You guys can ask questions. It's a private feed. And so Ask Me Anything is available there too, including the after show, Apologia Academy. It's all up at ApologiaStudios.com. I want to say a big thank you to everybody who has been partnering with us, has been partnering with us for many years. Thank you. You make all that we do possible. Uh, also, don't forget to sign up for your free Bonson U account. If you don't have one, you are missing out. It's a gift to Apologia from the Bonson family. All of Dr. Greg Bonson's life work, recordings, audio lectures, seminary lectures, all that stuff is uh, going to be at ApologiaStudios.com with Bonson U. It is absolutely for free as a gift to you for the Bonson family. And at the same time, our all-access partners help to fund that. Because, as many people don't know, when you click even a free audio lecture with Bonson U, uh, we're paying for it. Uh, we've got to pay for that. And so that happens because all-access. So thank you guys 
for you guys who are part of, part of that with us. Um, uh, lots to talk about today. Uh, very excited about today's show. We're engaging some you know, some silliness, some uh, some craziness. Um, but uh, I want to thank you all. Also, if you haven't done so yet, go to apologiastudios.com. There are all kinds of nifty gifties there and uh, shirts and mugs and tracks and all kinds of cool stuff. They, they do cost something, though. They're not... Do we have throw pillows? Free. Throw? Sh- I don't something? know. There might be on that. The She Legends website has an apron. Ah, apron. There you go. How about spatulas? No. We should get some spatulas. I'm sure that we can engrave them. <laughs> um, something. Yes. So uh, you can also get tracks. We have some good tracks at apologiastudios.com. You have the What is the Good News of God? It's a gospel tract you can hand out to people. And so we have the Gospel for Mormons tract. We have all kinds of tract tracts uh, over there at Apollo. We got track, y'all. If you want track, we got yeah. track. And just for the record, that's spelled T-R-A-C-T. Yes. Not C-K. Yeah, that's right. Because people get confused on that. Right. Yes, that's right. Really? It's one of those Is words. That a thing? Oh, all the time. Okay. Yeah. All right. So don't look up track. You might see people running. Um, if you look up gospel track, you might see Christians running. Um, Why are people racing? <laughs> you'll see Christians running. Not a bad thing, can Christians. You, can you think of... I, I ran today. I just mean... Like I, my go, running going days are a, over. Like giving someone the gospel while you're just like... Yeah. You just I, like run up to him. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Gospel track, running Christians. T, use a T there when you get that. And apologiestudios.com. So that is Joy the Girl. I'm Jeff the Ninja. And that is Luke the Bear. What is up? I My running days are long gone. Yeah? I did enough of that in my old life. I did. I did all running in yeah. high school. I'm done. Finished. I did that. You yeah, got them football college. knees. Yeah. I do. I, got, I, got I do, him. actually. <laughs> I do. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. He got, you have, the, you have them track knees. Yeah. Yeah. With a CK. I literally came back 10 pounds heavier from my sabbatical. So yeah, that happens. I just ate for two weeks. Yeah. But I mean, makes sense. Yeah. You're in the Midwest. That's true. Rest it's and different. eat. That's rest, what you need. Rest, rest and eat. Rest and eat. Good for pastors to stop for a little bit and rest and eat. Bad for knees. Bad for the knees. <laughs> Good for Bad resting. for the belly. <laughs> but I do want to mention uh, that our friends at uh, the Armored Republic are hiring. They wanted us to let everyone know that. Nice. So, uh, fun. Another fun fact from the Armored Republic: uh, the famous first battles of the American War for Independence. See, they said it right. They said it right. They didn't the say the War for Independence. Re- they didn't say the Revolutionary oh, mm-hmm. War. Yeah. Good on you, Armored Republic. War of Independence. Uh, the battles of Lexington and Concord have an important piece of history behind them. They were fought to resist the British taking away guns and ammunition from Americans living in those areas. And I can't help but think of. Uh, Old crazy, what's his face? Uh, 1776 will commence again. Alex Jones. Alex Jones. Alex Jones. Yeah. Uh, Firearms are the first and primary tool of liberty, but a growing number of freemen are realizing that firearms are only the beginning. The next most important tool of liberty is body armor, a defensive tool of liberty to match the offensive capabilities of guns. This is where Armored Republic comes in. An Armored Republic, previously known as AR-500 Armor, equips the free men of America with the tools of liberty that are necessary to defend the God-given rights to, to the honor of Christ the King. Man, I love these guys. We're reaching out to you because we need more hands at the plow. I'm reaching out to you for them. Um, the Armored Republic is looking for more nearby Christians, that would be in the Phoenix area, to take up opportunities in operations, marketing, sales, customer service, and elsewhere. Our workplace culture is built on 14 values that reflect the Ten Commandments and the rest of the wisdom communicated throughout Scripture. 
we work to be aggressively Christian in all parts of the business, and we work to consistently Christian. reward good stewards. Did you know, I'm not quite done yet, but did you know when uh, Roe was overturned, they gave everyone the day off? And they gave all of their employees the entire week of the 4th of July off. No way. Isn't that crazy? I like that. Yeah. That's, awesome. that's being aggressively Christian that right there. <laughs> How can we be aggressively Christian today? Hey, you're all free. Go home. Go home. <laughs> if you're interested in helping armed free men in America to resist tyranny, check out the career pages on our website at ar500armor.com backslash careers. Nice. We love that those is guys. Aggressive. And I will say, I mean, there's a lot of talk about free men there, but I think we are very complementarian in our belief about guns. We would like you to have some guns and body armor as well. Oh, look, we even and, got the logo up now. Good yeah, job, guys. Com- com- we're complementarian when it comes to body armor and guns here at Apologia, <laughs> just so you know. Yeah. It's not just free men that need the tools <laughs> of liberty. It's the women as well. That's true. Sometimes it's, especially. Yeah. Women. No, for real. Yeah. Sometimes you need a tent peg to drive through a man's skull. It's just the way things it's are. It's just the way things it's are. It's just, you know, that's righteous. Tent pegs, men's heads. It's just the way it is. Frying pan <laughs> to the head. <laughs> Spatulas. <laughs> um, well, all right, everybody. Welcome back to Apologia Radio. Uh, again, this is the Gospel Heard Around the World. We are glad you guys joined us. Thank you to everybody who is watching us in the live feed right now. Uh, thank you guys for putting up with a two-week break from Apologia Radio, uh, but we definitely needed it, and uh, we're back, and we're ready to go. A little bit heavier. A little, a, bit lot, hap- a, lot a little bit, a little bit, a little bit heavier, my... a lot of bit happier. Well, and just to clarify, <laughs> I did not go on a sabbatical because I am not a pastor. No, no, no lady no. pastors here. In no. case this is your first time watching, uh, state the obvious. It's almost like, <laughs> did you guys see that crazy video? Did you see the crazy? Oh, I got, I got to find it. I have to do it. I have to find it. Find I think uh, I know what you're talking it, about. It's a, it's a. What, what is happening in our world right now? Uh, I, did I say world? <laughs> it's been, a, it's been a long two yeah. weeks. Whoa. Um, Whoa, Joy, uh, did you enjoy your time off from us? <laughs> I think that came out. Weird, I feel but. like it would be offensive to say yes, very much. And just for the record, Joy did not come back heavier. We, <laughs> no, come on! I just hate when they do this with these. I don't know. What, what is it? Oh, I wonder it's... if Armored Republic can create like a bulletproof frying pan. You could just well, carry with you. Keep, at all. I mean, keep up, keep up the conversation. A, if so you I have just... a cast iron pan, I feel like. That, it I feel like would do that something. could be pretty. Yeah, it depends it, on it, the gun, probably. Yeah. But I may not have the right coating. But it, I mean, I'll, I'll have to bring that up to them in there. I don't know if they have like a box where you can put in suggestions. Right. Also known as a It'll, suggestion box. <laughs> a <laughs> box where you put in suggestions. <laughs> we used my sister used <laughs> it's to a take, lengthy way of getting it across. <laughs> my sister used to take me to this. I don't even know if they still have them, but this sub shop and my brother worked there. Submachine gun shop. We go visit them. <laughs> No, no, actually, not related in that way. Related in the suggestion box way, but we would always put um, "Don't eat yellow snow" in the suggestion oh. box. So, Did they hopefully, ever my brother Very opened that advice. and not some other poor person yeah. who had to. Okay, so I found it. I think okay. sometimes I'm thinking some of these platforms actually hide the oh videos. My gosh. They hide the videos. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. They hide the videos that are, like, damaging to the left and their leadership. Like, they're hard to find. It's like, these videos are out there, and this is, like, a very, this is like a viral video. Why is it so hard for me to find this right now? I think sometimes I've been like, I can't find that video, and I should be able to find we it. We should start introducing ourselves like this. Yeah, what? What you're about to play. Oh, yeah. Uh, by the way, yeah, welcome, everybody, to Apologia. My name is Jeff. <laughs> Pronouns are he and him, and I'm wearing um, tattoos and a... <laughs> Grayish, 
grayish 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 <laughs> shirt right now. Um, most importantly, though, are you white? Yeah, I'm a white. I'm a white cis male. You look tan though. <laughs> yeah, you look tan now. Uh, yeah, just yeah. got back from that sabbatical. You got that? Yeah, yeah. Nothing really to do except just walk around and be in the sun. Yeah, I and didn't eat get food. Tan. And eat fat. food. Well, you were in the Midwest. Yeah. All right, here we go. So this is the video. It took us 10 minutes to introduce because we couldn't find it. Uh, This is crazy, stating the obvious. What is happening in our world? Uh, Good afternoon. I want to welcome these leaders for coming in to have this very important discussion um, about some of the most pressing issues of our time. I am Kamala Harris. My pronouns are she and her. I am a woman sitting at the table wearing a blue suit. Does and, it, um, I was going to say, does it say she, her underneath on the nameplate? What does that say? There's like a little tiny message underneath. I can't. It may, it may say that, yeah. I can't see it. Because I feel like it would be offensive if it. I'd like her to define what a woman is. Yeah, exactly. She said she's a woman. So I person who wears blue suits. Yeah. (laughs) Do you do you know? By the way, she's not the only one. I watched a a little bit more of this. She's not the only one that did it. They all did it at the table. They all did it. They all said why who they were the gender. They said uh, their pronouns, and then they said what they were wearing. Why? Like, but here's what's so. Here's they're what's so. Inhaling all their own breath. It's a weird delusional disorder. And they're all and they're wearing masks. Um. And so oh. it, here's here's what's so interesting too. And just think about the complicated nature of this depravity and insanity and how sin corrupts your reasoning processes. The noetic effect of sin corrupting even your reasoning processes. So they, I don't know, I, I can't really understand because there is no rational, like, there's no rational justification for this that makes any sense um, outside of this madness. But when she says, like, I'm Kamala Harris, I'm a woman, it's it's she and her, and I'm wearing a blue suit, um, and then everyone follows along, it's like, why? It's like, well, we want to identify everything that's, like, in front of everybody. Okay, so objectivity matters all of a sudden. Right. Like, when you say, and just so everyone knows, I am wearing a blue suit. Like, what you see in front of you is blue. I am wearing a suit, and it is blue, right? So what's the point of defining your pronouns? Because they are saying that you aren't necessarily what appears, right? They're saying, in their worldview, no, just because you think you see a woman in front of you, and just because there are lady bits, doesn't mean that I'm actually a woman. I identify as something different, so think about the madness, the complicated nature of, of, of their, their reasoning processes. They're saying, I want to identify what people see in front of them. So what I have is a red suit, a red tie, a blue suit. What you see in front of you is what I have on. I'll identify with what's objectively true. It's a suit. Okay. Does that count for gender? Does it count for gender or no? Like, why, why are you even identifying blue suit? Why, why can't she say, why can't Kamala Harris say with her worldview, what she's adopted? Why can't she say, I'm Kamala Harris I'm an aunt. My pronouns are shim shim, uh, shimidadu, and uh, I am wearing. She's wearing a blue suit, and she's saying, and I am wearing a uh, purple striped dress. Why can't she say that? Like, why are you identifying blue suit as though objectivity mattered in your worldview? That's what's so maddening about where we're at right now. And I just feel like the world, it, when sin corrupts your mind like this, it's like the world is run by adolescence imbeciles adolescence like and that's actually one of the judgments of god not only is it women 
uh, ruling over a nation, but also putting youths, immature, unwise people over a nation. As John Calvin said, when God wants to judge a nation, he puts these kinds of people uh, in charge. It's judgment. Right. This is judgment. You have a Kamala Harris in one of the highest offices of our country, and she has the mental I heard, capacity. I heard she's the first aunt vice president. Why not? <laughs> Why not? I mean, hi, I am uh, Kamala. I am a member of the furry tribe. Uh, I mean, like furry is a thing too. It's yeah, a movement. It's, it's it a, is a thing. It's a thing. Furry is a movement. People identifying it's, as animals, loving to dress like animals, I, and uh, just when you thought pedophilia was weird, yeah. Yeah, people dressing like people dressing up as animals and then fornicating with each other is a big thing uh, right now as well. It's just it's it's that blurring of the image of God. It's 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 taking what God created, identified as image of God, and it's morphing it into something else. Like gender is one of those things. Like gender today, like bending gender. Um, you're not really a man. You're not really a woman. You can be whatever you like. And the, even things like the furry movement, same situation. It's the same thing. It's trying to blur the image of God. You're not really human. You're not really image of God. You can be an animal. And then they start actually going into more grotesque things by dress like, dressing like animals and doing all kinds of crazy things. And so it's all a blurring of the image of God. It's madness. I mean, I if someone would have showed up at that meeting butt naked and they're like oh you need to have clothes on oh i'm wearing a blue suit identify as a suit no you're not oh it's you're naked well it's my nakedness identifying as a blue suit it's my birthday suit right yeah <laughs> <laughs> what just it's like a great snl skit just pre- and like pants to somebody like all right my name's bob uh, my pronouns are he and him and i'm wearing my birthday suit <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh that that's good that would actually work really well We'll have to keep that in mind for any of the projects we do. Um, all right. So anyway, uh, getting to what we're talking about, I titled the show today, Your Line of Questioning is Transphobic, because it's a, it's a hot video right now out from questioning uh, Berkeley law professor. I want to make sure I say her name correctly. I don't know if it's Kiara or Kiara uh, Bridges. Uh, she's a law professor, Berkeley. You would think that means something. Uh, being a law professor at Berkeley, you would hope that that would mean something in terms of someone's ability to reason, to be cogent in their <laughs> One reasoning. Would hope. One would hope. Uh, but we're not living in that world. We're living in a world of identifying the color of suit that you're wearing in a meeting. Uh, so strange. Uh, but this is a important video right now, I think, because of what it teaches us about the moment we're in culturally. Um, so this is, make sure I get their names right here. So it's uh, it's this Berkeley law professor and it's Senator Josh Hawley, um, and this is, some of you guys probably already seen this, but it's good to review. You guys let me know when you want to stop. Here we go. Now, Professor Bridges, you said several times, you've used a phrase, I want to make sure I understand what you mean by it. You've referred to people with a capacity for pregnancy. It, would that be women? Many women, cis women, have the capacity for pregnancy. Many cis women do not have the capacity for pregnancy. Um, there are also trans men who are capable of pregnancy, as well as non-binary people who are capable of pregnancy. So this isn't really a women's rights issue. It's a, it's, we can it's recognize a that this impacts women while also recognizing that it impacts other groups. Those things are not mutually exclusive, Senator Hawley. Oh, so your view is, is that the core of this, this right then is about what? So um, I want to recognize that your line of questioning um, is transphobic. (laughs) Uh, Huh? (laughs) What? What? I don't even... It's transphobic? 
he just asked, are you talking about women? And then she blurs the line. So it's, it's always this manipulation of yeah. language, right? So it's, um, you know, many cis women. Now, cisgendered means that you identify as the gender that you actually are. Let's just call it what it is. So in other words, um, I'm saying I'm a man because I'm identifying with the parts that I have and the biological makeup that makes right. me a man. That's cisgender. That's what it means. Uh, so cis, many cisgendered women can be pregnant and many cisgendered women can't be pregnant. But here's the thing. Are you ready? Are you ready? Only women can get pregnant. That was the question being asked. Are you talking about women? Right. And so she tries to she tries to she tries to smokescreen by saying identifying a problem because of the fall. Many cisgendered women, in other words, women, many women can get pregnant and many women can't get pregnant. Well, that wasn't the question being asked. The question being asked is what kind of human being gets pregnant? It's a woman. Yeah. Right? It's a woman that gets pregnant. And so smokescreen comes up and, and you bring up the issue of, well, some cis women can't get pregnant, but they're still women, right? And only women can actually get pregnant, right? And then she brings up, of course, the other issue of like transgendered men and everything else. Um, but he asked the simple question, like, you're talking about women. When you talk about, when you talk about a person that can get pregnant, you're talking about a woman, right? All he's doing is asking that question. And then she turns it into, you're being transphobic. Transphobic because you ask the question about what is biologically true in this world? <laughs> there's a term, there's a specific term for that. I think, I think that C.S. Lewis came up with it. But it's basically, you, like, when you, res you don't respond to their argument, you bypass the argument and you you attack what you like uh presume their opinion like the mm, you attack uh their their motive mm -hmm. as to why they're asking the question. they're asking the question yeah, right. so that's that uh, man i wish it's like blue vis blue blueism or something like that um but yeah so yeah you just it's a logical fallacy where mm. you just you go to the person's motive and not actually what Right. They said, and their their motive is something that you're assuming because right. unless they tell you what their motive is, you don't actually know. So mm -hmm. she's not she's not actually having a conversation with him. She is assuming mm -hmm. that because of probably because of his position mm -hmm. politically, because he thinks women maybe get how he, he th looks. <laughs> he thinks it's women who can get pregnant. And then yes, the right. obvious statement right. where he thinks that women can only get pregnant so, let's go, so yeah let's go back a second just to examine what she says here um i'll do that again do not have the capacity for pregnancy um there are also trans men who are capable of pregnancy as well as non-binary people who are capable of and let's dissect it right let's challenge it when you say trans men and non-binary persons who can get pregnant what are you referring to biologically what is that trans man and that non-binary person what are they actually what are they actually? Right. Right? They are biological females because men have penises, women have vaginas, there is sperm, there is egg, there is all of that. There's a womb, there's a womb only in one kind that comes down in our biological species. And that is da, 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 women. 
I hate to announce the obvious, like the fact that I'm wearing a gray shirt or that someone might have a red shirt on or a Sola Deo Gloria shirt on. It's weird to have to announce the obvious, isn't it? Isn't it so strange that we live in a time where you have to announce the obvious, like the color of suit you're wearing? Um, like announcing the obvious that when you say trans men and non-binary persons, what you're really referring to outside of that language and manipulation of language is what you're really referring to is a female. It is a woman. Mm -hmm. It's a female of the human species, biologically female. Only they have wombs. And if a woman dresses up like a man, her blue suit is only covering the womb that she she has. She, she's the one with the womb. And she can call herself man, trans man, all she wants. But what is she actually biologically down to the objective? What's in front of me? It's a woman. It's a woman. But where she goes is interesting here. And again, this is a Berkeley law professor. Let's see. So this isn't really a women's rights issue. It's a, it's, we can it's recognize a that this impacts women while also recognizing that it impacts other groups. Those things are not mutually exclusive, Senator Hawley. Oh, so your view is, oh, is so that the core of this, this right worse. then is about what? So um, I want to recognize that your line of questioning um, is transphobic, <laughs> um, and it opens up trans people to violence by not recognizing that. Wow, you're saying that I'm opening up people to violence by asking whether or not women are the folks who can have pregnancies? So I'm one, I want to note that one out of five transgender uh, persons have attempted suicide. So I think it's important Because of my line of questioning? Because so we can't talk about it? Because denying that trans people exist and pretending not to know that they exist I'm is denying that trans people exist by asking Are you? you if you're talking Are you? about women Are you? having pregnancies. Do you believe that the, uh, men can get pregnant? No, I don't think women can get <laughs> so pregnant. So you are denying that trans people exist? She's a law professor? Wow. So just so you know, that's not why... Uh, transgender people kill themselves right. that's not why it's us having a conversation about right. people that are confused um and wicked and uh lost is not why and you not acknowledging someone as a person is not why anyone commits suicide right and asking if it's only biological females that can get pregnant is not denying the existence right of a person right. who exactly. says that they're trans so that's the problem. This is a Berkeley law professor, and she doesn't understand argument, language, logic enough to take the question, isn't it only women that can get pregnant? And, and, and to turn that into, you're denying trans people exist. No. People, all, there's all kinds of people that claim to be trans. Yeah. I'm not denying their existence. I'm asking a biological question. Isn't it only women that have wombs? Guess what? <laughs> that line of reasoning she just did isn't going to work in a court of law. No. That's for sure. No, 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 no. So um, you, you see that man. she's she there she's redefining woman as what did she say a a person capable of becoming pregnant or something like that. Mm -hmm. That's what they're redefining it as now. And I'm, as I'm watching, this, I just can't help but think that this is, I mean, this is a, this is a result of feminism. Ultimately, you know, feminism is feminists came in years ago and they wanted to redefine stuff, and so now this like, this is the result of you know, not having Christ, it's chaos. And so it's coming yeah. full circle. And so like, I mean, as a woman, Joy, this this has to be completely offensive to you when people try and they won't even answer. They won't even give you a definition. I know we're going to watch more of that, mm -hmm. but they won't even give you a definition of what a woman is. And so they've, so now, now just being a woman is like, it's like being a white cisgender man. <laughs> like, you know, like you can't even Christ define or that. Chaos. Yeah. Christ yeah. or chaos. Yeah. It's just, it, 
Well, yeah, it's this weird, like, hyper-celebration of women to the point where they can kill their own children. But also, woman is a social construct. Right. Um, that we, we, that doctors define when you're born or, I don't know, well, you geneticists. Can, yeah. yeah. We, they trust geneticists so much, except for when it comes to yeah. this and work, it works very against their worldview. Yeah. topic. Yeah, it's it's it, it really is an incredible thing because you can see them constantly shifting positions, right? Like yeah. you see that with the, with image bearers of God, regardless, atheists will claim atheism that there's no purpose, no meaning, right. and, and and there's it's all chaos, time and chance, acting on matter, sound and fury, signifying nothing, and then they have to live in the world in a different way, constantly borrowing from the Christian worldview day by day by day. They have to. They can't live in the world that they say is the case. They have to live in the Christian world and borrow Christian principles and borrow capital from God constantly. And in this case, you see it with the left constantly where they'll say, being a woman is nothing. It's it, it's fluid. It can be whatever you want. You could just claim to be it. What is a woman? Well, we really don't know. And then when it comes down to something like you know Roe versus Wade being overturned, then they say, mm. oh, what are you doing to women. Yeah, exactly. What are you doing to women? And then they start to pull on the heartstrings that yeah. every one of us has instinctively, and that's protect this person next to me. She's the woman. Every man has that instinct as image bearer of God. Protect the woman. Protect the woman. Guard the woman. Mm. Like, you know, treat her as a weaker vessel. Like, that's, that's, in, that's inside all of us. And so they borrow from that natural God-given, divinely inspired instinct in men, and that's to protect women, guard women. You have to. You have to. They use that only when it's convenient for them because they say being a woman is meaningless. I don't even know what it is. It doesn't matter at all. But then when something like this comes up that will go against their system and their injustices, then they say, look what you're doing to women. Everyone has to see it. It's just madness. Yeah. It's absolutely madness. And this is a Berkeley law professor, a law professor who can't understand language and definitions and logic and argument enough. Uh, and, and why? The question has to be asked, why is a person like this heralded in our society as somebody that we should be actually listening to? She, this is a minute, a minute and a half long clip, and she can't hold together an argument for a minute and mm-hmm. a half. And she's a law professor. She's teaching people law. It gets worse. You're going to see in a moment. It'll get worse in a different clip. But let's see if there's more here. That leads to violence. Is this how you run your classroom? Are students allowed to question you? Absolutely. Or are they also treated like this? Where no, no, no. They're, they're told that to they're at opening up people to oh, violence. We have a good time questioning. in my class. You should join. Oh, I bet. You might learn a lot. Wow. I, I would learn a lot. I've learned you, a lot I just know. in this exchange. Absolutely. Extraordinary. Yep. Um, Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, that last part was intense, wasn't it? She's got crazy eyes too. Do you feel that? She's like, do you feel it? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's intense. That was intense. But yeah, and it's a good thing for him, I think, to point out is just that like what you're saying doesn't make any sense. But do you treat people like this in your classroom? Like this is abusive. Like we can't just have a rational engagement and discussion. I can't ask you questions about your worldview without you know being being accused of, of being transphobic and putting people's lives in danger for asking the question as to whether or not it's women who have the wombs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can I ask that question in today's world? It's like, flip it. Like, right, answer the fool according to their folly. Answer the fool according to their folly. Why can't I say, when she says that, like, men can get pregnant, right? Trans men get pregnant, cisgender people can get pregnant. Why can't I say, I just want to point out that you're words right now, your line of questioning and your claims are a bit Christophobic, right? <laughs> it's Christian phobic. And I feel like you're inciting feelings of persecution that 
I and my brothers and sisters in Christ worldwide are going to feel based upon your worldview. Mm. You're making claims about men getting pregnant that honestly make me feel a sense of persecution and I might go and hurt myself because of it. You might put me into a state of depression because... Well, actually, you do. <laughs> be honest. <laughs> this stuff does be, makes me very sad. I get very depressed when I hear this stuff. But like, why can't I say it back? Like, I mean, is it? Aren't we going to start recognizing that? Like, oh, we're being children. Like, we haven't graduated from third grade. Apparently, when I I can ask a question, a a question that has to do with objectivity, it, genetics, biology. Like, I can't I can't ask the question without being threatened with uh, you're putting people's lives in danger. I mean, can't we just keep doing that back and forth to each other? Like, well, your line of questioning is making me feel really sad. And, you know, you're going to ruin my week. And I just want to let you know you're Christophobic. Well, that's when they have to um, slam down the whole privilege. Uh, like, Christ- their belief is that Christianity um, and its tenets are what created a lot of the systemic oppression and that's why we're trying to move away from it um, uh, just to further yeah. the delusion. They still have no coherent, they can say all that and they mm. still have no coherent way right. to organize any of their thoughts or knowledge claims. Yeah. Um, but that's just how they're deluding themselves. Yeah. They just would say, well, I don't have to listen to you, Mr. White male politician mm-hmm. who probably makes, who's probably makes x amount of dollars every year you know um because you're you're a part Mm -hmm. you're a part of the system that wants to keep women down Mm -hmm. so why would i listen to you you're not a credible source of of information i'm a credible source of of information and there you go gaslighting 101 did Mm -hmm. you guys learn anything that's funny that's (laughs) that's about exactly what she's gonna say in the next clip (laughs) all right here we go so next clip this is uh, more along the question here, not on gender, but on the pro-choice and pro-bort position. And um, this is a little lengthier, so we'll have a little more to interact with here. Senator Cornyn. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Ms. Professor Bridges, you, in your testimony, talked about the prevalence of abortion um, the percentage of black babies that are uh, aborted as opposed to non-black babies. I think you said uh, three or four times more black babies than non-black babies are aborted. Um, you also talk about systemic racism. Do you see any systemic racism associated with the prevalence of abortion for black babies as opposed to non-black babies? Um, Absolutely. Um, The higher rates of unintended pregnancy that lead to higher abortion rates among black people um, is a result of structural racism, systemic racism. Um, I understand systemic racism not to be boogeymen who are... Wait, wait, wait. He asked a question about the rates of black babies being killed, which is absolutely right. Far more black. It's black genocide is what it is. Wiping out the black... Uh, population among us, killing our black brothers and sisters, image bearers of God, far more, far more. Uh, that was the original intent. That was the original intent. Thank you, Margaret Sanger. And so talk about systemic racism. Systemic racism is something like Margaret Sanger and Planned Parenthood. That 
is systemic racism because she was a racist and she specifically wanted to wipe out the black uh, population. And so talk about systemic racism. It's the people that you're supporting as the organizations. They started that. And she, she called them dysgenic stock. Mm. That's mm-hmm. what she called them. Oh, yeah. That... Poor people, black people. Yeah. She, um, I have a quote from her here. She wanted to apply a stern and rigid policy of sterilization and segregation to that grade of population whose progeny is already tainted mm. or whose inheritance is such that objectionable traits may be transmitted to the offspring. She mm-hmm. was a eugenicist. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, she believed everything that the Nazis believed. Yep. Um, if you don't believe me, you can read Mein Kampf. (laughs) Um, (laughs) she she was BFFs with those guys. I mean, if, if there is any, uh, provable systemic racism in our country right now, it is abortion. Mm. Absolutely. Oh, for sure. For sure. And, uh, but, but the question being asked is, is the rate of black babies being killed over against, um, you know, other, other kinds of human beings, um, uh, whether it's white, whether it's Asian, uh, whether it's Latino, uh, whatever. Um, and she then moves to try to suggest that the issue of unintended pregnancies in black communities are the result of systemic racism and racist issues. Wait a second. The, the issue of unintended pregnancies is actually a moral issue mm-hmm. within yeah. any tribe. I'm going to use biblical terminology, tribes, right? We're all from one mom and dad, and there's different tribes. You've got white tribes, black tribes. You've got all kinds of different tribes, like biblical language, tribes. We're all from the same mom and dad. All of us are related. We're all image of God. We all go back to the same parents, okay? So we're just different tribes of human beings around the world. And she's suggesting here that the issue of more black babies being killed is the issue of some sort of racial issue related to black people that causes them to have more unintended pregnancies. And you've got issues of poverty. No, I'm sorry. The issue of unintended pregnancies is a moral issue. It's an issue of fornication. And if you have a group of people who are getting pregnant and then killing their children and you move it back and back and back and back, you're talking about the issue of sex outside of marriage. Mm -hmm. That's really the issue. And so the question really has to go down to, wait, are you suggesting that black people, because this is what she's saying. Are you suggesting that black people um, have sex before marriage at higher rates because of poverty and racism? Is that how you handle sexual morality? By claiming it's because of poverty and racism or systemic racism, people having sex as black people more um, with unintended pregnancies because of racism. No, it's a moral issue. I would actually say this. I would look more, whether it's a black group, a black population, a white population, an Asian population, whatever kind of population. And you're saying there's some real issues of morality we're here where people are like not like being married and committed together to have children, they're having children, they're killing their children. I would say, let's check out the culture. Let's check out the culture going on. Like, like if we're saying like white people do this, I would say, let's take a look at white culture and let's see like what would be happening in white culture to create that kind of environment. Mm-hmm. Well, especially with something so specific, there is only one act that creates a child. It, it would, it would right. be very easy to actually get some legitimate statistics. Oh, for You'd sure. have to have willing participants, but yeah. you could actually 
this is an investigation you could actually have if anyone was interested in telling people mm. they shouldn't have sex outside of marriage. Yeah, it's not wrong to look into the white community, white population, and ask questions culturally to say, like, well, what's going on there with, like, moral issues? And, like, where, where could that come from? Like, what's the instigator that creates that situation, right? It's not wrong to look in a black community and say, okay, well, what's, what's creating it within your community? Like, what's the worldview? What's the belief system? How is it happening? And look, it's, it's, it's just known. We understand this. We got black brothers and sisters, solid pastors and others, leaders who point this out to us. They're, they're white brothers and sisters and say, we've got a problem with fatherlessness in the black community. Yes. yes. We've got a problem with fatherlessness. And so, like, I, I just had a conversation. I've had, in the last week as a father, I've had three conversations, just spiritual conversations with family and, and with others, young, like, teenagers talking about um, faithfulness, fidelity, and talking about, like, sex before marriage and, and why God calls us to not live that way. Like, that's what I do as a father. That's what I do in my community as I promote the way that God made the world and made us and why it's so beautiful in this way. And it's such a gift. And why you have to protect that and preserve that and don't have sex outside of marriage. I just had that conversation at six o'clock last night with a young guy. Uh, that's what happens in, in my community. My community is not a white community. Our church is blended, right? But that, that's what fathers do. And that's what leaders, men who are leaders do. They mm-hmm. preach that stuff. If you've got a problem with fatherlessness, in the black community, probably the reason, probably the reason that there's a problem, a moral problem of sexual morality in any, in any group is that there's no fathers and men leading that. Exactly. Yeah. And so when you look at a situation, you got all these unintended pregnancies, it's like, that's not, that's, that it's a moral question. I'd be looking more into WAP. Right? Yes. Is it wrong to suggest that? If, if the culture and music and environment being promoted is about sex and WAP and all the other things and money and drugs and all the rest, if that's what you're feeding to your population, is it any surprise that people are like actually living according to it? Like living according to, we can just have sex and this is, and, and, and it's, it's okay to have sex and have babies and, and not have a father in the home and, and, to, and to not be connected and to not have a unit. Like I'd be looking more at things like that rather than systemic racism and poverty as the, as the reason why people are having sex. Like people are having sex and having babies because of systemic racism and poverty and those sorts of things. Really? Really? Um, the numbers of our black brothers and sisters who are slaughtered in the womb are so much higher in the black community. And I would say, pu- push it back a bit. Mm-hmm. Like maybe look at the person who originated this stuff in the United States of America, made it popular. Look, let's look at Margaret Sanger and see what she was up to. And let's see if that has any effect. Hey, why don't we do something here? Why don't we actually uh, take a look across the landscape and ask the question, hmm, where are the majority of these Planned Parenthoods and abortion facilities located? Where are they located? Yep. Guess what? They're located where their business is. They're located really close to dormitories, college campuses, female dormitories. Uh, they're located close to college campuses because sex uh, outside of marriage is rampant and you're going to have babies and people are going to kill their babies. And hey, weird, oddly, strange, we've got a bunch of Planned Parenthoods and abortion facilities that are located smack dab yeah. right in the middle of black communities. Hey, that makes sense. That's precisely the dream of Margaret Sanger. Well, and she was not quiet about her convictions either. So, no. um, 
while what you're saying is funny she actually said she said the whole point of the, it she said what this woman who is an accidental eugenicist <laughs> said mm-hmm. which is that it's this is the argument if you can't provide for your child you should kill them yeah meaning we we can't keep this system going because people will be too poor they won't be able to feed their kids we can't keep this system of poverty in action the only thing is that margaret sanger wanted to end impoverished groups of people by killing them yeah (laughs) Um, and this is exactly what we're doing she's saying that due to systemic racism black women have more of a reason to kill their children and margaret sanger said black and poor people have more of a reason to kill their children because they're dysgenic stock very good there is the talking point passed along a generation later by a black woman by a beautiful black woman yeah passed along coming out of her mouth that's her system yes wow all right here we go trying to uh, dupe black people into abortion care. I understand structural racism to be the systems that have made it so that black people disproportionately bear the burdens of poverty in this country. Um, The systems that have denied them the basics that they need in order to to live humane lives like food, clothing, shelter, health care. So you believe that you you believe there ought to be more black babies aborted. Is that right? I believe that that we ought to create the conditions under which people can lead lives that are filled with dignity and humanity. That's precisely what you pointed out. Nailed it. You really did. Yeah. You nailed it. That was was the principled position of Margaret Sanger. Exactly that. We can't have people growing up in poverty, so kill them. Right. And she's, that's precisely the principle she's adopted. That is, we're doing it in the name, this is how, this is how well the delusion's going. We're doing it in the name of virtue. Mm -hmm. Right. It's virtuous. Because you kill, you you want them in poverty, so kill them. Margaret Sanger, she had, she didn't have nearly as much traction Mm -hmm. when she was into all her other crazy stuff, like being against charity, which she was also against. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, The only she she changed because she wasn't gaining traction, and she was in exile in the UK, and she changed because people weren't receptive to her very controversial beliefs, and. So she just toned them down mm-hmm. a little bit. That's why she said things like, we don't want the word to get out. Yeah. Like she said things like in letters, like we don't want the word to get out that we're trying to exterminate the black yes. population. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. She had to tone it down. And so, and, and yeah, so here she, I mean, this is, this is on multiple levels. Margaret Sanger's dream come to fruition. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was a wicked, wicked woman that oh. wanted people to look at evil and say, that's good. Mm-hmm. And here we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I was just going to say, notice that she then the, in order to answer his question it's well because there's not enough socialism solve the problem of killing yeah. babies that's what by... margaret sanger came up with right. yeah. she was like yeah. let's go a little more socialism yeah but in the 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 whole intention behind her socialism was to um was to segregate undesirables mm. And then, then it, I mean, so much easier to deal with an undesirable population if you know who they all are, and then you know mm. where to send the the sterilization clinics, like and Jews, the, for example. Right. There's a reason these these <laughs> two groups of people look so very similar. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. It's and down to the same followers of the same people. We're not yeah. just saying like their principles, we're finding a correlation between their principles. Like, no, they were educated by yeah, they the hung same yeah. people. Yeah. And, and, you know, when you suggest that we can s- take down the number of abortions or stop the level of abor- abortions that are happening by creating an environment where people actually can flourish and not be poor, again, just like Joy said, the, the real principle there is kill the poor people because... Why not? I mean, it's better life by not having a life because you're in poverty. So, well, and that's a totally just so you guys know, that's a totally disproven uh, economic philosophy. There was oh, yeah. a guy, I think Malthus, Malthus, I have a weird last name, Malthus, but he he thought that basically he thought that um, like production of goods and resources wouldn't be able to keep up with the rising amount of the population, mm-hmm. which we also believe. I mean, very. it's been totally disproven economically because what always happens, whenever there's more population, there's always more innovation. Yeah. There's more people creating and growing more and producing. Jobs. Exactly. And so it's been disproven, and yet we it's written all over our culture. He said enough for us to just tuck it away and be like, oh, we'll live by that forever. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. The, exactly right. How many, how many Einsteins and Newtons and... Teslas have we killed? Hmm. Right. Yeah, seriously. All in you the want name to talk of, about climate change? All in the name of virtue. Environmentalism. Hmm. You're talking. Pe- people's automatic assumption is that overpopulation is the problem, and it's like undeniably we have changed the environment of this planet. But it's. I don't necessarily think it's going to be going back to the 1950s to get our planet back. There is probably innovation or discovery of new resources. There's all that kind of stuff, and we slaughtered millions and mil- an we slaughtered an unimaginable amount of yeah. people it's well over six because million. we thought there shouldn't be more people right and that's just all st- the only reason you would think you would never read the bible and think there should we should stop right there should be no more people it's yeah and you know, it, t- it typically tends to be also you look at liberals who live in coastal cities in, in cities they live in a city that's crowded people everywhere mm-hmm. They tend to think like there's no more space in the world. There's just have no more Arizona, there's people everywhere. It's like, Texas. have you driven through Texas yeah. or Oklahoma or have you driven through Arizona? Yeah. No, you think that way because you live in a coastal city. You live on the high end of life, but you see yeah. people everywhere and it seems super crowded because of your lifestyle. That's what you well, chose. That's where you live. There is a little town in Canada that is basically like our highest up in North, like on you know, in North America, it's as close as we get to the North Pole in terms of okay. like people living. Mm-hmm. And there are major cities in Russia mm-hmm. <laughs> where people live mm-hmm. at the same distance from the North Pole. Oh yeah, we we don't think there's people spa- are tough. I mean, yeah, I'm they not saying I'm not saying like. <laughs> that's a good. Yeah, they're, they're not eating. <laughs> not living a good life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a tough one. Uh, but but there's. There's a lot of space. We got and, space, and and pra- all the pragmatism, uh, all the pragmatism aside, uh, there, there, you're not going to get anything from the Bible about population control. Nope. About um, and you know we're actually in the we're actually in the the the, the problem area at this point in in this generation globally in the U.S. Japan is, I don't know how they're going to pull themselves out of this situation yeah. in terms of right not producing the amount of children necessary to move your culture, your people into the next generation. 
Japanese people, lack of having children, their birth rates are so low that statistically speaking, like a generation or two, they're going to be out of existence um, if they keep that up. I mean, they got to work hard to get themselves out of this situation. Our birth rates are low. Globally, birth rates are, are very, very low. And the issue of abortion is a big issue. And so... We're actually not in the problem of overpopulation. We're in the problem of underpopulation, and we're not mm-hmm. producing enough children to actually getting on getting on to the next generation. Mm-hmm. There it, are there are subcategories of humans and and others in this world, like Muslims, uh, who are having yeah. large amounts of of children, large families. Uh, they're not doing bad uh, because of their religious system that doesn't you know see children in the family like that as a curse. Um, and so we do, uh, but just real fast, the, the issue of she thinks that she can solve, as a law professor now, someone who's supposed to be good at reasoning, good at definitions, all of that, you know, cogent thinker, coherent, all that stuff. She thinks that if you can create the social benefits for people, in other words, like Luke said, socialism, if we can create that, then people aren't going to be having unintended pregnancies and killing their children. How many rich white people do we see killing their children? Lots of them. I mean, we've been doing abortion ministry for years, and I'll tell you the truth. I mean, the people are pulling up, uh, by and large, many of them driving nice cars, and they, they're doing fine. And they're, you know, a lot of white people. Yeah. I, I'll tell you right now, uh, in, in Arizona, where we live, uh, I, very few black people yeah. on a daily basis going into the abortion facilities. What do we see mostly? White, white people. White college students. Mm-hmm. White people. I see white people, and you know I see plenty. Of, I know plenty of well-to-do white people that have killed the. I know I know well-to-do rich white people who have had three, four abortions. How's that work for them? No systemic racism on their part, right? And they're not in poverty, and they're still having unintended pregnancies, and they're still killing their children. No, people don't kill their children because of that. We're not giving enough money to people. And by the way, you don't solve the problem that she's referring to. You don't solve it by. Again, government handouts. Like, okay, if a person, it doesn't matter what color they are, white, black, Asian, that'd make a difference what color they are. If their worldview, their mindset is, uh, I don't want to work. I don't want to create. I don't want to feel any pain. I don't want to be stressed. I just want to, you know, smoke weed and drink all day. That happens across cultures. It doesn't matter. Not black, white. It's not, it's everywhere, right? If someone's mindset is that, I do not want to work for what I receive. I just want it handed to me. Um, If that's how they are, like that's their poverty lifestyle, they don't have any drive or ambition or discipline or perseverance or creativity. If they're not like that, then when you give them, uh, sorry, if they are like that and you give them a check and say, well, I'll pay for all your needs, I'll pay for your home, pay for all your food and everything else. Like you don't solve the problem of their lack of ambition and their Mm -hmm. lack of discipline by handing them more money. Well, and the point of it, it's a hard issue. The point of the early socialists was to create control Mm -hmm. over a population. That's the point. Socialism is not about fixing a problem. Get rid of them. Yeah. So that they could get rid of them, not so that they could take care of them. Yeah. So that they could exterminate them. The anti-Christian worldview of the socialists uh, is 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 not going to solve any problems. It doesn't solve the problem of the heart. It doesn't solve the problem of the discipline. Or the lack, sorry, the lack of discipline. It doesn't do that. You know who does solve that problem? The Spirit of God. Uh, When you're reconciled to God through Christ, through faith in Him alone, you have a new heart. You have the mind of Christ. You desire the things of God. And so you also desire wisdom. And uh, as imperfect as that might look in your life, there's the conviction of the Holy Spirit. It's the work of the Spirit of God in your life. And the Spirit of God convicts you for Mm -hmm. what? Your laziness. Yeah. 
for your lack of discipline, for your lack of self-control. Like you get convicted of those things. And so like Mm -hmm. in reality, if you want people out of poverty and that kind of like drive to like just live under the government's money and not do anything, if you want to get them out of that, socialism is not going to solve the problem. More government help isn't going to solve the problem. The problem is the problem of the heart. It's a lack of discipline. It's sin, ultimately, idolatry, all the rest with addiction. And so you need new hearts. It's only Christ that can solve this. It is Christ or chaos, period. And so you're not going to solve the problem she's aiming at by giving more money and creating the environment where the government basically hands this out and solves the problem of poverty. problem of poverty is a problem of the heart and the mind. That's it. You know, I can prove it too. How many people do you need presented before you who came to this country with nothing, with nothing, with literally $20 in their pockets, and they become some of the most wealthiest and, 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 and stars of our culture? I mean, you know who else? You know, just one story, just because it's just popped in my head. There's so many stories. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold Schwarzenegger comes to this country. He's got nothing. He comes with like a few dollars in his pocket and he becomes one of the... And some weights. Yeah, it's exactly. He came with drive. He came with ambition. He came with a work ethic, clearly. Yeah. I mean, I mean seriously, look at the man's body in the 70s. He knows how to work and he's willing to That wasn't to an endure. accident. No, exactly. It didn't happen overnight. He didn't take a pill for that. He labored and hurt for that. Someone the government can't give you that. Someone no. didn't give him those muscles. Exactly. So the point is, is there's so many stories of people like that that, that, that were poor, technically poor, but there was something different in them in terms of discipline, perseverance, the willingness to suffer, the desire to work and to labor, and they pulled themselves out of poverty, and they did it without the government's help. So what was, how'd they do that? It's a heart issue. It's like, it's, it's a worldview issue. It's work ethic, and you're not going to solve the lack of work ethic in any community by handing them more money and giving stuff away to them for free didn't solve the problem well especially i mean like you were talking about too if the real issue is fatherlessness that's there's there's a kind of work (laughs) like you you require uh discipline and self-control to make money and Mm -hmm. not be Mm -hmm. starving but the amount of work and discipline that it requires to be a father or a mother even more so, and if you can't expect people to work hard daily in their vocation or for anything, mm-hmm. then they're definitely it's definitely not making it to parenting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, you just see just swaths of unwise people that are just figuring things out for themselves, and then you and then you introduce public education, which doesn't which teaches you a bunch of knowledge claims and no actual system to organize them in and it's like we (laughs) we gotta stop it stop stop please stop (laughs) it's in berkeley which it's berkeley berkeley but berkeley yeah another i mean margaret sanger yeah mm -hmm. anyway well the last thing she said i want to make sure we don't skip over which is like the height of ignorance from her is she's talking about humanity and dignity right while she's talking about murdering she babies. specifically says it next yeah you want, you well, actually you? i think you had just ended right there so oh, did I? okay but go ahead yeah, oh, yeah let's play it so yeah make good point i was yeah. hoping that we would yeah. catch yeah. that i hope i didn't miss it i mean your, your way to... of thinking that happens when more black babies are aborted i believe i trust i love black people with the capacity for pregnancy i think they have agency they have intelligence they know what is best for themselves and i would love to create the conditions under which they can live lives that are filled with dignity and humanity and do you think of do you... That was, that was it. it. Yeah, yeah. I, dignity 
and what? Humanity. Humanity. But only after being born. Right? Like, <laughs> wh- why are you bringing it up? Why are you bringing up humanity as though that was something that was meaningful or significant in this debate? Humanity? Because if you really believe... I'm so glad you brought that up because I was like, I knew there was something we we're missing yeah. here. The issue of humanity is the issue, right? You're talking about in the womb, from the moment of conception, fully human. Humanity. Right there at the moment of conception. So don't talk to us about dignity and humanity. Don't use those Christian words. Don't use that in order to propagate your system that says we should kill mm-hmm. the babies and treat them with no d- dignity and treat them as though there is no humanity. Um, because they're poor. Well, and when we were talking about trans people, she was very concerned about death and people not feeling like they're oh, yeah. seen as a human. There's the borrowing again. She's got baby phobia. I'm sure there's yeah. a term for that, but yeah, I don't yeah. know what right. it is. Right. Yeah, transphobia, baby phobia, Christophobia. I mean, yeah, yeah. she she yeah. stood up and she championed for the trans community and said, you can't make people yeah. feel like they're not human. Mm-hmm. They'll want to take their own lives. Mm-hmm. So, good point. Uh, so, always point at the person's feet. Like, it's always important for us as Christians to look at our own feet, too. Like, really, like, let's not just place it on the professor from Berkeley. Let's, let's say to Christians, it's always important for us to look at our own yeah. feet and say, like, am I being consistent with what I say I'm standing on, right? But Joy brings up a phenomenal point. In the last clip with the, with the transphobia and the issue there was she wants to pull on the heartstrings and use an emotional argument by saying you're going you're gonna to force people to kill themselves because you asked a question about whether women are the ones that actually can get pregnant. You're going to force people to kill themselves if you do this. What are you doing there? You're barring Christian capital as though like we should care about other human beings in that way. Like we should care about death. Yeah in that way. So there's the borrowing once again, right? Like use the Christian worldview against the Christian worldview. And in this case, she's using terms like dignity and humanity. It's like, wait, 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 no, 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 that's mine. That's ours. You're borrowing from the Christian worldview. You don't get that. You already abandoned Christ. You don't get dignity and humanity as though that mattered at all because you're showing us that it doesn't matter at all because you think we should kill all the black babies because they're poor. It's brephophobia, by the way, or infophobia. Infophobia? It's yeah. a real word? Infophobia? Yeah. Brephophobia. Brephos is baby in Greek, I believe. Ah. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Brephophobia. Brephophobia. Try to say that five times fast. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna next time we're we're like talking to someone at the mill or like yeah. LSU or something. We'll be like you're you're brephophobic. You're brephophobe. Brephophobe. That's. It's, I'm it's, using it. You should use it. Try to memorize it. Pick a, a baby that is delivered alive has value yes listen to that long pause yeah <laughs> she had to really now, think through that one everyone watching live right now if i asked you that question right believers who love jesus and love other image bearers of god if i asked that question how long would it take you to answer that question like, i would be answering it while you were asking yes <laughs> yes no and here's here, i think we can all understand why is that it's an, it, it should have an obvious answer to any human being. It should be immediately, yes, of course. But she has to think through it because she's wondering, am I going to say something that's mm-hmm. going to indict me? Yeah, exactly. And so like, okay, after it's born, okay, let me think here. Is that going to indict me anyway? Okay, yes, I believe that. Like, why does it take you so long to answer that question? It's too late. We already know. <laughs> yeah. Just be honest. Yeah, right. <laughs> why is it taking you so long to answer that question? Well, you know, but we have to at least point out that, you know, she is of the conviction that that baby has value when it's born, 
But let's point out over the last year, we've got two suggestions in two different states, California and Maryland, I believe, mm-hmm. where they were arguing right. uh, about legislation that would allow you to kill the baby up to 28 yeah. days or so after it's born. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe not so much in their case, valuable when they're born. Um, you know, she thinks they are when they're born at least. Okay. But not everyone believes that because not everyone holds to the dignity and humanity of other human beings. And so, well, and she, I mean, even in her previous statement, I think she would probably qualify that statement with as long as the capable person who is yeah. aborting them, like, as, or as long as they want them. As long as, as, long they want as that them. capable person with agency wants the baby, mm-hmm. then yes, they have value. Mm-hmm. But she didn't. She kept it simple, as far as I know. We'll yeah, have to see and here's, if she here's says anything portion. else. Yeah, that a, um, a a baby that is not yet born has value. I believe that a person with a capacity for pregnancy has value. They have intelligence. They have agency. They no, have. I'm dignity. talking about the baby. And I'm talking about the person with the capacity for and pregnancy. And you're not answering the question. Oh. I'm asking. I'm, I'm, answer, oh, yeah. I'm answering you, a more okay. interesting you think question that, to you me. Think right there. I'm answering a more interesting <laughs> question to me. I almost crashed when I heard that part because I was yeah. driving. That's a part of that delusion. Yeah. That like, I have no way to organize my knowledge claims. So I am just going to talk about what I want to talk about. Yeah. yeah. I can't answer your question because it would indict me morally. Right. Yeah. And so I'm just going to say I, the woman is supreme in this case. Yeah. What's more interesting to me, again, that's not going to work in the court of law. Right. <laughs> I'm asking you a direct question under cross-examination. Yeah, but I don't really like that question. Did you murder that person? How about I answer another question? <laughs> she knows all about it. That I find. She's a lawyer. She knows all about not answering you the know, question. You know, that is, uh, <laughs> Your Honor, that's a fantastic question. I'd actually like to answer a more interesting one to me. <laughs> uh, no, it doesn't work. And she's a professor at Berkeley. But what's interesting here is uh, this, this, this is the key issue in, in saying, how do I take down this, this argument? When a person says that, look, this person, this woman in front of me, she is to be valued, right? Not the human being inside of her. I started asking the questions, Why? Why should I value this person? Why? And then, then you have to get them answering the question. Well, because it's a human being. Because um, she has bodily autonomy. Okay, I agree with both of those things. That that's a human being, and the human beings are to have bodily autonomy. But here's the deal. If you make an argument about the value of a person, in this case, the a pregnancy-capable person... If your argument is that they're human and they have bodily autonomy, then you just gave me the argument for abolition. Mm. Yep. Right? Because the argument for abolition is that, is that that's a human being in the womb and that human being in the womb has bodily autonomy. Right? So if you like the bodily autonomy arguments, welcome to the pro-life abolitionist Christian movement. Like, that's our argument. Human beings are to be valued and given equal protection, and you cannot do things to their bodies apart from their will or consent, right? And so just you have to dissect the position they're standing on, push through the emotional arguments that are used to manipulate the audience when these debates go down. Uh, Because again, bodily autonomy arguments or Christian arguments and um, the problem is the body inside the mother's body is not her body. And so if you believe in bodily autonomy and you believe in the dignity of humanity and the value of humanity, then you have to say 
that we need to abolish abortion. A baby that is not yet born, let's say the day before this mother delivers, do you think that baby has value? I think that the person with the capacity for pregnancy has value and they have the they should have the ability to control what happens to their lives. Well, and, and didn't answer once again. Yep. yep. So she was honest, but there was a little bit of an omission. Like she didn't answer the question fully, she but she was honest when she said my concern is for the born person. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. I just note you refused to answer the question. Uh, Ms. Harrell. So there you go. Uh, professor of Berkeley, two important clips. I'm sure we could do this for days and dissect more details yeah. about them. It just it just dawned on me. I thought it's hilarious how, you know, it's the senators or whoever is the I don't know if it's a senator or Congress that's asking the questions, and you know, and she's while she's being questioned, she's like, I'd just like to note that blah blah blah, you know, and it's like, no, you're not the one asking the question. You're not allowed to note anything. Like, <laughs> just answer the question. It's my time. <laughs> can't answer the question and i guess one of the things that is important about a show like this and engaging with this is we hope to encourage inspire um other brothers and sisters in christ to recognize that you have to start engaging this stuff in the public square and you can their their position is suspended on nothing and it is inconsistent it is incoherent um and we need to just start engaging we has as Christians have to actually engage in the public realm, yeah. in the public square against this stuff, and we have to speak the truth against it because honestly, it's not that hard to do. Well, it you- just you just saw, yeah, and he just was like, "All right, I'll make a note that you didn't. My notes ca- that count. Right, I'll make a note yeah. <laughs> that you refused to answer yeah. the question. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, you know, only the light of the gospel can dispel this darkness, and so we have to start." preaching it. We have to start teaching it. We have to get away from the modern Christian in the West mindsets of like, let me just be liked. Let me just make friends. Let me let me try to make the life of, of Christ as attractive to others as I possibly can. I don't ever want to look like a meanie. I don't want to ever look confrontational. I just want to win people with my life. It's like, you know, it's a given that the Christian life is supposed to be light to the world and we're not supposed to be hypocrites and all of that. That's just a given, right? That's like identifying I'm wearing a blue suit today. That, okay, why are you stating the obvious? That's not the question. The question is how do you win someone to Christ? And the answer from Scripture, it's, it's the gospel, it's the power of God for salvation. And so if you don't proclaim the gospel to the world around you, it's just going to be overcome with darkness. You can't hide your light. We sang songs about that as young people in church and you know it might be a silly christian song to some but actually it's profound it's very profound and so we have to start preaching the gospel to the world we have to do it without neutrality and we've got to not link up with a christless conservatism Mm -hmm. we're not trying to make the world conservative and red states um uh, apart from Jesus Christ. We want people to know Jesus. We want this Berkeley professor to know Jesus. We want everyone to know Jesus. And the only way to do that is to call people to repentance and faith in Christ, to take down their arguments, every argument that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. we got to take it down. And so we do shows like this, and we engage with this stuff, not simply to laugh at it. Some of it is funny. Uh, some of it is just, you know, stunning. But we do it to engage, to say, look, the Christian worldview can engage with this. The Christian worldview can take this down. So start going out and preaching the gospel. Do it with love, do it with grace, but do it. Do it sometimes with a serrated edge because it sometimes needs it.
Sometimes you need to ask if your God is on the toilet. That's a good question to ask sometimes. Yeah. It is biblical. Um, so, apologiastudios.com is where you guys go to get more. I want to announce that tickets are available for ReformCon 2022. It's ReformCon Christian Conference here in the Phoenix, Arizona area. Actually, it's being held in Mesa, mm-hmm. right? At, right, It's 10 minutes from the airport, Phoenix. It's all the same. It's all uh, the same. Phoenix Valley. <laughs> uh, so it's happening uh, Reformation Day weekend this year here. Go to reformcon.org to get your tickets. We have limited seating, so you do need to get your tickets because when they run out, they run out. So get your tickets as soon as you possibly can at reformcon.org. We have amazing speakers we have a great thing lined up for everyone with after party, with time to hang out and fellowship. We're going to have performances from some leaders in their film, uh, fields, whether it's economics, whether it's education, whether it's uh, sports, arts, all that stuff. James White, Dr. Joe Boot. We've got Toby Sumter. We've got David Bonson. Uh, just it's an amazing lineup. You're going to get filled with truth. You're going to get encouraged and you're going to spend a lot of time with Christians um, who are going to be basically sent out to uh, to, to fight, uh, to fight for the gospel. And it's a Christian conference. We're trying to make it like no other where you're going to just have a blast, a lot of fun. It's not just all talking, uh, being talked to. It's going to be a lot of time of engagement and fun and fellowship. And so that's what's up. Get your tickets to reformcon.org. Don't forget to pray for endabortionnow.com. Sign up with your church to come out and save lives. We just saved a baby here in Phoenix yesterday or two days ago and today that mother and father are coming in to meet with one of our pastors oh no way i missed that yeah because they want to no longer kill the baby but put it up for adoption oh praise god how you like that praise the lord so endabortionnow.com your church can be involved in exactly the same thing it's all free we train you for free we equip you for free uh go there endabortionnow.com to get involved We've got stories happening constantly of what God does to these ministries. There's almost 900 churches globally uh, who are doing all this work. And we have states that are coming and working on them right now with bills of abolition that we hope to have happening end of this year, beginning of next year. Uh, So pray for those. And if you can, please give at endabortionnow.com. We do need financial help to do this work. It, it, It does cost money to go to these states, to talk to these legislators, to get these things happening, to preach the gospel in conflict with abortion. Uh, So we need your help. We need your help to equip other churches. Go to endabortionnow.com and give. Please give there. Sign up. That's Luke the Bear. Peace out. That's Joy the Girl. See ya. I'm Jeff the Coleman Ninja. We'll see you next week right here on Apologia Radio.